sometimes I get a song and sometimes I don't. Hi, and welcome back to Music at Three Pines, the podcast. My name is Brad Rayleigh, and for this episode, I sat down with Caroline Cotter. Well, I was in Colorado, and she was in her cabin in very rural Maine. We met Caroline through Emily Scott Robinson, and she played our house series with fellow singer-songwriter Michael Thomas Howard during our first full year of house concerts. Caroline has one of those voices. I describe it here as bell-like, and I stand by that. We have been fortunate enough to see her at Folk Alliance, and also last fall she was in the songwriting contest at the Lions Folk Festival. As I noted in the podcast, Caroline is one of those musicians who is on the road even more than most, so this pandemic and isolation has been a pretty dramatic change for her. We start our conversation there. Caroline Cotter. Gosh, this is the longest I've been in Maine for so long. I was thinking about you especially in the sense of... um, of all the people I know, you probably have toured the most of anybody. I mean, it feels like that. I mean, there was that period there where you were on the road constantly. So I can yeah. only imagine how this is a, an adjustment for everybody who tours a lot, but for you, even more so, perhaps. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had given up an apartment in Portland five years ago. And so when the stay at home order, the quarantine started, um, that was a kind of a funny, funny thing because um, I had been touring or not touring. I had been traveling with my boyfriend and um, not not touring. I was on a, a week long vacation in Mexico. <laughs> I hadn't taken a vacation in a very long time. <laughs> and then all of my shows were canceled while I was away. So when I came back, I couldn't even go anywhere else because I had gone through all of these international airports and didn't want to put anybody at risk. So I, we just came back to the cabin and I've been here ever since. <laughs> haven't left. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for taking a little time to sit down and, and chat with me. This is, uh, You're welcome. this is great. So the way I've been starting this really is asking in a very genuine sense, how you're doing during all of this. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so you're asking. That is the question. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, I am doing. Thank goodness I am doing because I don't do well not doing. I came back here and had a long period of time with just nothing to focus on besides the news. And so I listened to the news too much and stayed very up to date on what was happening. And Um, reached out to many of my friends who live in New York City and um, was in very close contact with them and with my family and trying to do everything that I could to um, stay sane going from my life on the road for the past five years where there was so much stimulation and something new every day and um, a performance every night and lots of lots of sights to see and people to meet to the stark contrast of living rurally just in the woods with no electricity or plumbing or um, anywhere to go <laughs> for 
now what is five months but you know at the time it was like every yeah. day just seemed very long and um it's a little uh 12 by 16 cabin here <laughs> that's really gorgeous and and um so sweet but small and in march and april in Maine and even the beginning of May, it's cold here. So we're on, uh, we've got the wood stove and wood heat and it's its own little adventure. You know, I was doing everything I could to stay, stay sane. I don't sit still very well. So it was just a really good exercise in staying in one place. And gosh, I guess after like a month of just being up here and taking walks in the woods and doing a lot of work on this this property cleaning cleaning up the woods around around here just on the property and trying to stay as busy as possible there, there was um oh there's a woman down the street who owns a goat farm and and makes cheese and uh she usually has international workers and of course she couldn't have any of the international workers and so for for minimum wage, I decided it was worth it to get myself out of the cabin and into her cheese making room. And I did that a few days a week for the mid April until mid May. And then got a call um, from someone around here needing childcare for the summer. And of course, that's not something I've done in professionally for 10 years, but I did get a few weeks of unemployment, which turns out was going to be the same amount that I would get for nannying. But I knew that for my mental health, my, my purpose, my just sanity, I needed to be involved and engaged in something that was outside of this cabin. And I don't do very well with virtual reality. So I knew that, that some human contact, no matter how challenging being a nanny for eight hours a day, four days a week was going to be, it was going to be worth it for me to um, be helpful in that way. So that is what I've been doing with my summer. I have been taking the kids for hikes and swims when they're willing and doing a lot of baking projects at home and with them and uh, art projects, which have been really great because I thrive when I'm creative and I am creative usually in a structured setting. And so even, even when the structured setting is me (laughs) directing other people, it's, it's what I, it's how I, how I create well. So that's been good. So that's a very long response to your, how am I doing? Um, I'm doing, doing all right. (laughs) I, by the way, I, when you did the, uh, um, the black Oak streaming, you know, mm-hmm. from the yurt, I did not realize how rustic your cabin was. So I didn't know. <laughs> so you must have solar power and nope. that, oh, nope. so how do you, we have your... no power. Oh, wow. <laughs> we have no power. No, I, um, I, I charge my phone. So because I'm nannying now, I mean, we, we have a generator gotcha. and, and the, and the idea is to get solar power, but at this point right. we don't have it. And uh, so it, it's when I say off grid, like truly off grid, just like without um, the reason that I'm doing this on my phone right now is because my computer doesn't have enough charge. So right. yeah, it's just back to the basics. <laughs> yeah. Turns out you don't need much, Brad. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, it's it's been interesting how many people have talked about, um, not just in the podcast, but just talking to other people about how this uh, pandemic has revealed things that, you know, has always been there. And so mm. some of them have been, you know, economic disparities that we always knew were there. They become yeah. very real. But it has also revealed that we absolutely can take time and spend time, you know, by ourselves or with family um, that we often chose not to because being busy was easier in some ways. So, you know, yeah. Being busy is a bad yeah. Be- being busy is a, it, it feels good. There's a, it's an addiction. It, it is for me anyway. There's something to examine for myself about that, which hmm. I am, I am examining it. Well, one of the things not always comfortable. <laughs> I've also observed is that you guys, especially singer songwriters, you tend to be pretty introspective. So I have to think that this is a, in some cases, an opportunity to do that and to yeah. and to slow down, and in other cases, it's a real challenge. Um, the very first time I met you was at Folk Alliance, and it was in a showcase with Emily Scott Robinson and Lydia Luce, mm. um, yeah. and you sang one song, and then had to go teach a yoga class. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, it was just, it was just funny. Cause I mean, you sang this wonderful song and then you apologize and said somehow they overscheduled. So I have to go teach this yoga class. So it was at that point I knew that you did yoga. Uh-huh. So this question is about self-care. Are there other forms of self-care either that you have continued or relied upon, or is there anything new that you've discovered that has been helpful in kind of managing the stress and anxiety of all this time? Yeah, I, um, I know that I have to get out and get exercise. Exercise is so important for me. Early in my life, I was diagnosed with ADHD, and it's been something that I was treated for for some years and then went untreated, and I'm still untreated for many years as an adult. And I think that it's one of those things that I've been a little bit stubborn about or have a a my own stigma um, in a, a narrative that's not very helpful, actually, I'm realizing. But one thing that I know I need is exercise. And um, yoga has been something that's been helpful because it is so focused on mind-body connection and mm-hmm. helps with mindfulness and has, at times in my life, really helped me training my focus where it's been such a struggle for so long. And the other thing is just that need to move my body. I just, I I need to move my body. And I used to run every day. And about five or six years ago, I had to stop running because of a a problem with my knee. And that was a source of, it was a a disruption in my Mm. self-care regimen. So since then i've I've done a few different things, but just recently, just this summer, the thing that I've found that I've really has been like a lifesaver for me is I get up every morning at five fifteen and I drive twenty minutes into town, and there's actually a crossfit gym that has opened up a tent so that everybody can be safe outside working out in community, but, but, um, at a distance, it's been such a mood stabilizer and elevator for me. And I was, I was pretty down in the dumps and, um, that for me, it, it gives me two things. It gives me 
um, community and it gives me the structure and the motivation to move my body, mm-hmm. which is so important. Um, so that's something that's been helpful for me recently um, in terms of self-care. I have also, in the past month or two, started up with a new therapist, a talk therapist um, who I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And the the beauty of all of our virtual reality ability right now is that I can have a relationship with a therapist in Portland, even though I live two and a half hours north in the woods. And for me on the road for the past several years, I hadn't been able to develop a relationship with, um, with a therapist. And that was something that was really lacking in my life. I, I, I believe strongly in, um, in therapy and and the benefits. And so to have the ability again, to rely on that. And, and in fact, my computer isn't charged for our conversation because I just used up, (laughs) I used it up for my therapy session right before this. So, so, um, that, that is something that has been really helpful. And I, I've gotten back to a meditation practice, a very, a very brief <laughs> meditation practice, but one where um, just first thing in the morning, I light a candle and sit and focus on my breath for five minutes. Even if it's just five minutes, it's, yeah. it's something. And I set a timer and it's, it helps, you know, it's just another tool. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I wish I could say that I was playing more music as a way of, of a part of my self care, but these days I'm just not motivated to. And so, um, I've had to accept that for now and do what feels right and what feels good. And I bought myself some colored pencils and a sketchbook and I've done some, some drawing recently and that's been fun. Is that is that completely new to you, or is that something you've? Um, I sort of something that I've almost forgotten about, or like kept a secret. But I, I was an art major in college, and mm-hmm. so I, um, visual art is something that I haven't done in fifteen years, but something that I did do at one point in my life, and mm-hmm. and I, I would love to return to it. But as a traveling musician, there's not right. studio space or. I was driving, not time to to draw um, or paint. Yeah. Do you mind if we talk a little bit about songwriting, though? No, I love talking about songwriting. Uh, By the way, I realized, okay, I didn't know you were an art major. Uh, Where'd you go to school? Oh, I don't really want to advertise that because that puts a lot of pressure on me. I um, <laughs> no, I I went to a little liberal arts college in Maine called Colby College, and oh. I I was drawn to Colby for the art department. I went and looked at it, and I was so excited by all of their amazing facility, and um, it had welding, and I did some of that in college, and it, it was just such a. I I, I went to a public high school that wasn't mm-hmm. super well funded in Providence, Rhode Island, where I grew up. And, and so to see these facilities and just what was possible and available in the art department was really exciting. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I took full advantage of that uh, for four years. They, they also have an incredible art museum, one that since I've, I've um, been gone has been 
added to and they've got a really phenomenal collection just yeah in the recent years hmm. colby is where i've heard of it but i just don't mm-hmm. it's in waterville maine it's oh, okay. um yeah not uh it's about an hour and change north of portland so all right so you have an artistic background you're a creative person that doesn't surprise me a bit no pressure when did you what what's your musical background did you did you did you play an instrument in high school did you take piano did you mm-hmm. yeah i grew up um with piano lessons so grateful for that my grandmother made that happen piano lessons until i was in eighth grade i played the trumpet in in huh. school band so did um, i did you yeah it's such a I fun did. instrument yeah. can you can you believe how it even works i just love it no. <laughs> Like, yeah, going from the piano with with all of its its keys to three fingers is just so right. funny to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I played the trumpet and then started learning how to play the guitar. My brother played the guitar, and I have I have an older brother and an older sister. And my sister was pretty dedicated to the piano, and my brother started learning how to play the guitar, and I followed in his footsteps, hmm. and. It it wasn't. I did a lot of singing um, in chorus at school and choir um, at church, and I think throughout had some pretty great instruction. Um, I I never did anything like voice lessons, private voice lessons, but I I did have um, some influential and inspirational instructors throughout my up until college, I guess I'll say. And then during college, I had so much fun singing in an acapella group for four years. It was an all female acapella group. And um, that was one of the highlights for, of college for me. And I think it did a lot for, it was incredible vocal training, singing with, with 10 to 12 other voices. We really dedicated a lot of time to it. It was three nights a week for a couple of hours. That's, that's my musical background. It's by, by the yeah. way that, especially on the voice part that, that makes perfect sense because you are a phenomenal harmonizer. I mean, you have an absolutely gorgeous voice anyway. It's, it's, and Lisa and I were just Thank talking you. about that. I mean, it's, it, there's a bell like quality to your voice. That's uh, um, just a delight to listen to. Thank you. But your harmonies are, are fantastic. And so I imagine, I'm sure the singing in that acapella group had to help hone that ear for those, uh, those harmony lines and those, you know, because that's, 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 that's not easy. Not everybody can do that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that and, and my family sing-alongs, you know, my mm-hmm. brother, just singing with my brother and harmonizing with my brother, I think was also good training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when did you start writing songs? Not until I was 22. Wow. Yeah. I had graduated from college and moved to Thailand for the year to teach. I taught English to little kids in Thailand. And when I came back, I had a short stint living in D.C. and then um, moved up to Maine for the summer and bartended and started playing music I started writing songs that summer and and simultaneously playing out on the street of, in Portsmouth New Hampshire and um, there was a dulcimer 
player that played out on the street. And I was like, oh, well, I can do that. I'll just go, I'll just go out and play songs on the street. And yeah, I was 22 years old. And so you're busking. Had, I was busking. Yeah. And I, I did that for a long time. I, I busked, I, I guess, in Portsmouth at first. And then after that summer of, of bartending and, and writing songs, I moved to Spain and um, got a job a couple jobs working in in Barcelona, continued my songwriting and performing at open mics. And I put on little shows in, I decided that art galleries and yoga studios were a really good fit for me. Mm. Sort of like the, actually the listening room that I still covet. Mm. (laughs) I still enjoy playing in spaces like that. So yeah. um, Yeah. 2007. That was how I, when I started. Mm. Mm -hmm. You, you seem to, you're talking about this kind of casually, like you're like, well, I was, you know, I was playing and I thought, well, I'll just start writing some songs. Is that, that probably isn't exactly how it happened, but. Well, I think it's more about like, I didn't know any other songwriters. I wasn't studying it as an art form. I like to sing and I like to play the guitar and I had been traveling around um, having some little adventures and doing some soul searching and dealing with a breakup and my parents divorce and the loss of a childhood home and moving around the world and all of these things that were feeling very ripe for me and so so I felt like I had things that I wanted to express and when I journal I tend to journal in rhyme <laughs> certain meter and rhyme and it wasn't for me it wasn't about writing good songs and and i i will be the first to admit that i wasn't writing good songs i was just writing songs and mm-hmm. i didn't really care because i didn't have an audience and it was cathartic it was fun mm-hmm. it was creative and joyful and um so for many years my uh, that was 2007 i wrote what I recorded as an album in 2007. And then I did the same thing in 2008, another 10 to 12 songs. And the same thing in 2009. I think I did two in 2009. I was just cranking them out and they're, they're really crappy songs, (laughs) but it didn't matter because again, like a hundred people bought that first album. And then I maybe made like 200 copies of the second one. And just people that, that came to my little shows. Like it it was just, I heard something recently that I really like something about like I, I was thinking outside the box and I didn't I wasn't even aware of the box. <laughs> like, I just didn't know that there was a, a box to be had or to be in. Yeah, so so there was there was no judgment. There was little judgment because I just I had nothing to compare it to. I I love that, by the way. I love that kind of that you were just writing because you wanted to write and it was for you. And I think that's such a that's such a cool thing. And I think most creative people, I think who are good at it, do it at that some level, especially starting, they get, they just, they're doing it cause they want to do it. And then at some point they're getting better at the craft and they may mm. you know, pick up some tips, but that's really cool. I, so when you, when you write, cause it seems like I remember from when you played our house, I want to say that you told a story about maybe writing a song that you had a uh, songwriting group that you were in. Yeah. I, um, I, I had never been in a songwriting group like that before, but it was a, about three or four other songwriters in, in Portland, Maine. We did it all 
over the internet because there was no real reason we didn't mm. have to meet in person. But the idea was just to support each other and challenge each other to write a song a week for six weeks. I think I handed something and I submitted something four times and um, sometimes right on deadline, sometimes right after the deadline. It's um, typical for me, but it, it got me to do it. And yeah. for that, I was so grateful because um, when I started writing and when there was no, no judgment, when it was just this like free form, f- first thing that comes out is, is the right thing. Right. <laughs> um, I was cranking out songs two every month. And then as I've started to actually listen to what I am writing and listen to other, what other people are writing and what I like and what I want to, to create, I have become more, I've become slower. <laughs> it's a slower process. Yeah. yeah I, I guess I feel less freedom in it, which I'd say is too bad, but also like I'm, I'm, I guess there's less garbage coming out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, everybody I talk to it. It's, it is, it's, it's a process. I'm curious in terms of, so you've worked from prompts. It sounds like that's not, you know, that is nice to kind of get you prodded, but not the way you, you normally create mm-hmm. is it starts with, like you said, from your journaling, that there's something in there that needs to be said that needs to be. And so it's, it's already almost in the form of a poem or, or some kind mm-hmm. of rhyme already. And so that's a, that is that where most of your songs kind of start is it there? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I, unfortunately, I feel like I've moved away from pen and paper in recent mm-hmm. years and we'll jot down things on my computer. And sometimes I think that, yeah, I, I, I don't know much about melody or, or music theory. And so a lot of, a lot of my, I think my, my create, my creations start with, with a theme, a lyrical theme, and then I'll fit some sort of a, a melody into that lyrical theme and and move from there but there's there's no science that mm. um i have i haven't come up with a method that really works for me i've been to different songwriting workshops in the past few years where methods have been shared with me but nothing that's really worked as much as just sitting with my thoughts and and my computer and um, my computer for, for taking down notes and my, my guitar for strumming, (laughs) plucking. And sometimes, sometimes I get a song and sometimes I don't. Can you uh, just, how long, I mean, it's going to vary, but on average, if you could average how long from sort of beginning noodling on, on this idea to something that you feel is like in a finished song. Yeah. So I think, I think I might be like way less picky than a lot of other songwriters. I'm not, I don't really pay much attention to detail. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think I'll, I'll have a feeling and, and run with it. And many of the songs that I've written have been written in just a couple of hours. And it's, I, I won't say that that's a good thing. It's more just, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I needed to say. And I think that's good enough for now. <laughs> that's good enough for now. And then, and then I will say that there, there are a hand, well, just a few, there's a few that, that I, I didn't do in just, just a few hours that more took 
some time a few days or in one case with a yeah one song in particular I feel like I I wrote it in in an hour or two no about about an hour and then um decided that I really didn't like that version and and I reworked it over the course of a few months and finally tightened a few screws here and there and in the end was like yeah yeah that's that's it. There you go. And that, that's the only time that that's really happened in my songwriting. Mm. Uh, it was just that, that one time. Otherwise it's sort of uh, quick and dirty. <laughs> and then, but, but you recognize that your, your songwriting has improved, right? I hope so. Yeah, of course. From, from yeah. the, um, from the 2007 recordings to now, yes, I definitely see an improvement. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say, by the way, you were talking about the fact uh, that you didn't know much in the way of musical theory and about melody. They did, I watched somebody open for somebody we were going to see here in town. And the first couple of songs, I was like, oh, yeah, she's really good. And then I realized that I was going to hear that same melodic line in every song. I mean, it, mm. at a certain point that both Lisa and I got really bored. Wow. We've never had that experience with you. So whatever you're doing huh. melodically, you are not just sticking to the same melodic hooks and lines that you always go to. So uh, I think you okay. probably are better at that than you might give yourself credit for. Okay. Well, great. Excellent. Good <laughs> thing we're talking, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here to encourage, um, especially, well, I mean, honestly, you are a fantastic singer-songwriter. I, I just, I just we, we just loved Thank having you. you play in our house and and it was so much fun seeing you last year in Lions when uh, in the contest. Um, that was fun. That yeah, was you fun. were so good. I just one more question about songwriting, and then, and then we'll move on. But so when you're writing, and I know that's not the season you're in right now, but when you're writing, or even when you're on the road, was it uh, was there an intentional time of trying to write? I mean, was it like you, if if you were driving and came up with a thought, and you got to the hotel or where you were staying, you would you would maybe write a little bit, or is it just really kind of when you had that kind of downtime? Both. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't think that there's a difference because the the third the third scenario would be a dedicated time every day or every week and a disciplined practice, which is what I don't do. Hmm. But what you've described is like when I've got time or when something comes and then I dedicate time. So those two are, yes, I do those. But the the real dedicated practice is something I don't do. I wish I did, but I don't. So we're, maybe, uh, maybe I will. <laughs> we're, we're not in the, in the shoulds around here right yeah. now. So I, I honestly think yeah you're get away from the shits. Your body of work though is actually really good. And so I I hope you can pat yourself on the back for that and thanks. and not feel like that you have to be something else or and that I I'm I'm not well, your thanks. therapist. So <laughs> yeah, No, that actually, call just happened. Yeah. You're you're actually functioning as my therapist here. So that's why I'm doing great. It. Good. Well one thing that I, I am sort of grateful for at this point in our at least my own little situation is that although I'm not writing right now the I did just finish recording an album and so at least though all of my motivation has um, gone somewhere else momentarily I did something that at some point I'll go back to I'll revisit and and hopefully I'll be able to share that and so that's like a glimmer of um, excitement 
in in terms of um, a, a career that seems like it's sort of gone for me mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the album is completed. I mean, it's like I mean, when you get yeah. Well, I I just recently, like a few days ago, listened to it again after five months of putting it on the back burner, and sent some notes to the producer and. I'm looking for another round of mixes and after I get that next round of mixes, maybe there will need to be another round or hopefully not. Right. And then, and then I'd look to master it. But I, I think right now I, the question is like how, when and why mm-hmm. <laughs> to, yeah. to release. Yeah. It just feels very, at least right in this, in this very moment, it feels unnecessary and not, not what need yeah it's it feels i'm not gonna do it right now caroline asked me to play a song off her home on the river album so i chose our favorite titled one four three which as i remember represents the letters in each word of i love you a song she wrote about being with her grandmother when she passed away
I've figured out how to finish my my podcast with a couple of questions. I stole this idea from Brene Brown oh. from her podcast, and um, Ooh, I love and I'm her. not I'm not returning it to her. So um, <laughs> I mean, she she's better at it than I am. But she does. I don't know if you've listened to her podcast. She does ten rapid fire questions at the end of the podcast, and and I oh, this is good. This I couldn't think of 10. I mean, that's ridiculous. So oh, you didn't steal all of her questions? No, no, no. Okay. Because at some point somebody, yeah, would say, all right. So, all right. So here it is. The first question is, who is the songwriter that makes your jaw drop? Uh, Tom Petty. <laughs> oh, so this is somebody you listened to a lot growing up? Growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. I mean, just like the way he uh, crafts... Uh, hooks or i went to see him play in boston maybe i don't know six or seven years ago and it was the first time i had seen him play it was the last time and um every song i was like this is my favorite song (laughs) and he just wrote so many hits and i don't even know how he did it so i guess in that way that's that was the first first person that came to mind for that reason because i'm just blown away by the number of hit songs that Mm. he wrote that i love that are like just such fun songs so yeah that's why okay the second question i have you pretty firmly as a folk musician is that fair sure and you've sort of answered this by by talking about tom petty but i'm assuming that you've listened to a lot of music outside of the folk uh, world mostly um, <laughs> most okay so is there is there a genre outside of folk or even outside of americana because we might still have uh, tom petty in americana i don't know or maybe it's just rock mm-hmm. and roll i'm not sure is there somebody outside of that or a genre that has maybe you think influenced maybe even your ear for melody or hook or mm-hmm. um yeah uh, i think french and spanish pop music over the decades so not necessarily contemporary pop music but french jazz and and spanish music from the 80s there's there's a period of time maybe like six or seven years where i i only listened to music in french spanish and portuguese and um i was just trying my best to learn those languages and um, strengthen my language skills and plus it's just such fun music i knew about the french and spanish i'm not sure i knew about the portuguese that's that's cool yeah I, in grad school i had an opportunity to study abroad for um, a semester in portugal and i studied portuguese for four months which is funny because i never really got very far with it with a, a base of spanish i I started to speak what my um, host, I'll call her my host mother, called Portoñol. You know, it's like a a bastardized Spanish Portuguese. Okay, so the third question is, do you have a guilty pleasure music? A guilty pleasure music? Yeah. Although uh, the guilty part we can take out because (laughs) I, at this point in my life, refuse to feel guilty for listening to Broadway musicals. But that is my, um, that is my, my pleasure that some people don't find pleasurable. (laughs) So like, did you do, have you listened to Hamilton and? Um, So I listen to Hamilton every day because I work with a five-year-old and a 10-year-old who are obsessed. And so 
we um yeah we listen through the entire album most days by the way you're exactly right about the guilty part in fact as i've <laughs> even have said to people uh i feel guilty asking this question because there's really there's zero reason to feel guilty about whatever music you like to listen to but sure well but when i was in high school it was a chorus line and rent and uh gypsy and man of la mancha and n- Annie and Mary Poppins and a number other um, right. that at that point I, I wasn't going around advertising that these, these were my favorite things to listen to when I was by myself. Yeah. We're yeah. looking forward so much to, you know, getting past this pandemic and hoping we can, you know, hear you live again, because that's, that's a yeah. really, that's just a delight to hear you. You're, you're a fantastic Thanks, singer. Mm, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. As usual, I have posted Caroline's tip jar and website in the details. I would also hope that if you like this podcast, you might share it with your music-loving friends. And if you can, give us a review to help others find our little podcast. But most importantly, I hope you will support musicians and artists during this difficult time. Buy their merch and give some CDs to some friends, even if they don't have a CD player. We need our poets and truth-tellers now more than ever. See you next time on Music at Three Pines, the podcast.